The Starlight Lounge presents An Evening with the Progressive Box. The moon, yeah. That's Hugo, tickling the ivories. He just saved by bundling home and auto with Progressive. Gonna finally buy a ring for that gal of yours, Hugo? Send her my condolences. Hi-oh! This next one's for you, too. There's a burglar in my heart. Thank you. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Discounts not available in all states or situations. Of all the sounds you'll hear this summer... This might be your new favorite. They're blending up the new chocolate chip iced cap at Tim Hortons. Real chocolate chips blended into an iced cap for a sweet summer treat. It's Tim Hortons' frozen take on a cappuccino. And it just might be the best sound of summer. Hurry into Tim Hortons for the new chocolate chip iced cap. Limited time at participating restaurants. Welcome, everyone, to episode 260 of the NBA podcast. I'm Brian Taporic, and we actually have NBA news to discuss at the end of August, which is exciting. So today we're going to talk about Dwight Howard signing with the Lakers. We're going to talk about Karis LeVert signing a three-year extension with the Brooklyn Nets. And Joe Johnson may be returning to the NBA. So we'll talk about whether he has a place uh, after his scintillating big three stint. Before we get to all that, a reminder that you can follow us on Twitter at the NBA Pod. In our bio, you can find our Twitter handles, so give us a follow as well. You can also find us on iTunes and wherever else podcasts are found. On iTunes, please subscribe, download, leave some five-star reviews. And we're now being hosted on Spreaker, so check them out on Twitter at Spreaker. Joining me today, as always, is my very stable genius of a co-host, Morton Jensen. How's it going, Mort? It's going well, Brian. So... Full disclosure to the people out there, we actually recorded uh, out of you know out of order. So in the episode that you're going to hear in a couple days, I'm going to say, hey, I'm all well, I was sick. And then you're going to wonder, hey, this episode I heard the last time, which is the one we're recording right now, why wasn't he sick then? It's because we recorded at the same day. I, I was sick, I'm better now. Correct. Yeah, we, we, have, we have a special episode coming out Tuesday. It's an all-time NBA draft. Uh, we just figured we we're not going to publish it over Labor Day weekend because no one's going to listen. So we're you have to explain this. to me Labor Day, what the hell that is. It's just like we don't have vaca- that vacation for everyone. Basically, it's three days. Fair it's enough. Like people go like what I'm going to do this weekend to go to a friend's lake house or like just go take a short, short trip somewhere. No one no one is on their computer. Oftentimes, like when I was in elementary school, school would start the Tuesday after Labor Day. So it's like your last weekend of freedom before school sucks your soul for nine months so what's all this about not wearing white after labor day oh i don't know (laughs) okay cool i'm glad i mean because i feel dumb sometimes when i hear all these things i'm so i'm I'm glad that you're like i don't know that's that helps me i am by no means a fashionista unfortunately you're not chris paul is what you're saying (laughs) russell westbrook (laughs) russ yeah yeah so, more, let's start with Dwight Howard, since that happened the longest ago, I guess, and we need to just address it. Um, so, we had the episode after DeMarcus Cousins tore his ACL. We mentioned Dwight as a possible target, along with the likes of Joakim Noah, Mo Spates, and then a couple of other very <laughs> unappealing options. It looks like the Lakers chose Dwight. They signed him to a non-guaranteed contract, and according to Woj, it comes with a clear message. Disrupt this team, and you'll be gone. Um, in meetings with Lakers management, coaches, and teammates, 
Howard sold himself as an eight-time All-Star who had hit rock bottom, in the words of one team source, and promised that he'd humbly accept a lesser role of rebounding and blocking shots for the Lakers. Mort, do you buy that Dwight Howard, on his fourth redemption tour in four years, has actually hit rock bottom and is going to fill the role he claims he's going to fill in L.A. this year? I, I think he's hit rock bottom, yes. Um, <clears throat> obviously, I can't speak on you know his motivation, but, but I, I have to be honest here. I do think that for, for anyone... You know, being on that many teams in that short amount of time has to be humbling. I know mm-hmm. a lot of people are like, oh, he's a former NBA superstar. He's, he doesn't really look inwards. I don't think that's right. I, we're still all human beings, right? Regardless of how much money you earn or the reputation you have, whatever. Uh, it has to be humbling to some extent to see team after team decide to move on from you. Absolutely. So him just acknowledging it and saying it out loud, to me, that's a step in the right direction, at least. I would agree with that, but I would say that he hasn't he done this a couple times. Like I feel like this is the third or fourth time we've heard this exact same speech from him. All right. Well, in that case, I haven't paid enough attention when he's had. I mean, to me, Dwight Howard is is a name these days. Basically. You know, we've had thousands of thousands of articles talking about Dwight Howard going to the Lakers, all that. To me, it's like Jan Mahimi signs with the Lakers because right. that's basically what he is now. Like, he's no better than Jan Mahimi at this point. Yeah. <clears throat> but but his name resonates and we know what it is. So, you know, that's why we all spend so much time talking about him. Whereas, you know, what he, he's not going to be Dwight of old. He's going to be a guy who's going to come in and like what? Average like nine rebounds off the bench? fine yeah i mean he averaged you know in nine games last year with the wizards he had 12.8 points 9.2 rebounds only 25.6 minutes charlotte the year before was one of his better seasons of late Mm -hmm. he had 16.6 points 12.5 rebounds 1.6 blocks and only 30.4 minutes a game started 81 of 82 games so this isn't to say that dwight howard can't still be a productive player and for his sake i hope you know, I hope what he's saying is true. I hope he really did, like he he's learned his lesson and he realizes that he is not the Dwight Howard of the late two thousands or early twenty tens when he is the focal point of a team. He's joining a team with LeBron James and Anthony Davis. They are not going to prioritize him on offense, nor should they. He is very limited and has always been very limited in what he can do offensively. I, I feel like that's kind of the the story of Dwight's late career, especially, is he could have just been like a rich man's DeAndre Jordan, and he would have been fantastic in that role. If he had just mm-hmm. accepted, you know, like, you are a perfect pick-and-roll big. They're not going to run post-ups for you. It's not an efficient shot. Just set screens and run to the rim, and you are so big and you are so physical that most teams don't have an answer for you. So if he accepts that role, I think he could be a valuable addition to this Lakers team. But, you know, and they have guarded against any possibility of him, you know, pushing for more touches by making this a non-guaranteed <laughs> contract and saying, we'll cut you if if you disrupt our chemistry in any way. Right. You know, that's, that is my question is like, 
can he accept rebound, set screens, block shots? That's it. You are not getting plays called for you unless it's a pick and roll. Let's hope so. I mean, this because this is undoubtedly the last shot. Yeah. And you, and for all of his warts and faults and whatever, you hope the best for players. Yeah. Do you think he was their best choice on the market? Like, would you have preferred them taking Noah or yeah. Mo Spates or someone else? No, Noah. Him? Noah. Let me save you some time right there. <laughs> Noah. Um, depending on, of course, that Noah you know, maintains his physical uh, profile that he had last season in Memphis because he looked great in terms, at least compared to what he had been over the past couple of years with the Knicks. Yeah. Um, but you have to assume that Noah is in a similar situation. Like he had a hell of a situation with New York, and then he kind of had to, uh, you know, reestablish himself on some level. But he did so very, very well. And I think giving his ability to pass the ball, defend in space, rebound, he just offers a little bit more than Dwight does. Mm-hmm. But then again, like we talked about a couple weeks back, like Noah in LA with LeBron. All Hollywood. <laughs> I mean, for just right. just off of that alone, I'm almost glad that he didn't do it because that would have just like it, Twitter would have talked about nothing else but that for like two months. Well, I feel like it also just would have crushed every early 2010s Bulls fan. Yeah, that's probably true. Yeah, <laughs> because I mean that was supposed to be the rivalry up until Derrick Rose, you know, towards the ACL and that kind of short circuited that team but like it it was the 20 i want to say 2010 2011 eastern conference finals when those two met and it looked like okay this is just how it's going to be the heat with lebron and the Derrick rose bulls and that's going to be the top of the east for the next three four or five years and and it would have been absolutely because noah was only getting better um and he was getting a lot better like he was fourth in mvp voting in 2013 2014 so there, there's a lot to like about Noah, especially the unselfish net. He doesn't demand post touches as well. Yeah. And and honestly, this was always the biggest gripe I had with Dwight. We talked about this before, but when he was in LA, LA the first time around with Pau Gasol, like Dwight was like, no, Pau, you go being the pick and roll player. I'll be the post-up guy. And right. No, Dwight, you, you've got it upside down, man. Um, <laughs> right. So, you know, Dwight always wanted to be Shaq or yeah. maybe felt pressured to be Shaq. I don't know which one. It doesn't really matter. At the end of the day, he's not. And that's what matters. He should have just embraced being, you know, an Amari Stoudemire, really. I think Dwight grossly miscalculated his his offensive potential over the course of his career. Yeah. Or, I mean, that was the frustration was like, well, why didn't you develop more moves? Why didn't you develop more of a post game? Why didn't you learn to shoot free throws well? And right. You know, at this point in his career, it's not going to happen. He is who he is at this point. So if the Lakers are going in expecting him to be a 20-point-per-game scorer and expecting him to shoot threes, or if he's going in expecting to be a 20-point-per-game scorer and expecting to shoot threes, I think the Lakers are realistic about this. I think they know you are coming in to fill a very specific role, and it's only because Anthony Davis does not want to play center full-time in the regular season. Yeah, like we no, just I think that's fair. You know, we just need you to soak up minutes, and we don't want to give it all to JaVale McGee, basically. It's you and, <laughs> you and JaVale McGee are going to soak up a grand majority, if not all of the minutes at center during the regular season. Playoffs will be a different story, but regular season, we're going to preserve Anthony Davis. 
just take 20, 24 minutes of pounding against physical bigs. You know, I mean, if if Dwight stays healthy, he does have the physical profile to withstand that type of punishment, even from some of the bigger bigs out there. Mark Gasol, Joel Embiid, Nikola Jokic, those types of guys. Mm-hmm. You know, he's got... You know, I think he's listed at 6'10", no, 6'11", 265. I mean, correct. he's one of the bigger guys out there. So, well, you know, I mean, you know, listed at 6'11", but I mean, I think most agree that he's probably closer to 6'9". Yeah. <laughs> that, right. was a, that was the right. Robin Orlando. The <laughs> same right. as Ben Wallace listed at 6'9". It was like 6'7". Yeah. Um, but, but you're right. I mean, in terms of the, the raw physicality, I agree. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so it does just come down to health. I agree with you. I would have preferred Noah in a vacuum just because we've seen him in accept a limited role that we just haven't seen from Dwight. And Dwight, Lord knows, has had chances to do so. But, you know, maybe playing for a mediocre Hornets team and a terrible Wizards team, maybe it just doesn't give him the motivation to do it. And maybe joining a Lakers team that has championship upside if everything breaks right this season... Mm-hmm. And the whole redemption tour, you know, considering how poorly his last Lakers stint went, you know, it's possible this all works out. And for his sake and for the Lakers' sake, I hope it does. But I'm going to remain skeptical until we see him actually embrace the role that he says he's going to, because this yeah. is not the first time we've heard it from him. I think that's fair. Can, can we just take a break in this and just kind of comment on Dwight's career as a whole? Because... I've seen people kind of, you know, laugh at him for for signing with the Lakers and all that. Like, oh, this guy's a joke. He was never any good. Like, let let's slow down a little bit. This is a guy who's played well over a thousand games. Uh, you know, grabbed over thirteen thousand rebounds, scored eighteen thousand points, over two thousand block shots. Like, this guy is going to go in the Hall of Fame he's, eventually. Yeah, he's like a first ballot lock Hall of Famer. Right. I think just because of the the recent issues over the past half decade with all right. the switching teams and all that, it seems like we've completely lost sight of the fact that this guy was absolutely amazing. And he is a legitimate uh, past superstar. And right. it's, it's like painting him as some sort of role player who never got his act together, I think is extremely unfair to him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean a back-to-back-to-back defensive player of the year right that's all you need to say like he was the most physically opposing center in the league you know it dragged that magic the 2009 magic team to the finals and i just and that team was kind of a glimpse into the future with you know hito turklu and richard lewis playing those four out lineups around him seeing like holy crap it could be really effective if you have a stretch four next to a dominant big man. Huh. Yeah. Who knew? And he was 23 at the time. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, you're right. I mean, I, I he he has become, unfortunately, this late career kind of a disappointment. But, yes, prime Dwight Howard was one of the best players in his generation. He's going to yep. be a Hall of Famer, and no one should have any issue with that. Right. But... Having said that, it's absolutely correct to view him in a lesser light now. I mean, look, again, like I said, this is basically Jan Mahinmi, just with a a more (laughs) famous name. Right. And a cheaper contract, thankfully. 
<laughs> yeah, very. <laughs> oh God, this—that's almost insulting. Like here, Dwight, living legend. Here's a non-guarantee contract. <laughs> yeah, but I get it. Like in the context of things, I get it. And also, kudos to Dwight for accept accepting that. Like theoretically, he could have walked away. He could have gone. Yeah. You know what? I'm look. I insert resume here. I'm out of this. But he said, okay, it's non-guarantee. I'm gonna take it. Mm-hmm. It's fine. Yeah, I mean, that means something to me. For sure, yeah. Lowe's is here to help pros put more toward their bottom line with special Labor Day savings on what you need to get the job done. Like $40 off your choice of a DeWalt 12-volt max drill or 12-volt max impact driver featuring DeWalt's all-new 12-volt battery platform, now just $99. And whether updating a property or building new homes, save up to 15% off select custom windows and doors. Whatever the day, Whatever the job, do it right for less. Start with Lowe's. Offers valid through 9-1, U.S. only. Of all the sounds you'll hear this summer... This might be your new favorite. They're blending up the new chocolate chip iced cap at Tim Hortons. Real chocolate chips blended into an iced cap for a sweet summer treat. It's Tim Hortons' frozen take on a cappuccino. And it just might be the best sound of summer. Hurry into Tim Hortons for the new chocolate chip iced cap. Limited time at participating restaurants. Let's go to a story I know we will agree about is Karis Levert. He agreed on his 25th birthday. Happy birthday, Karis. He agreed to a three-year, $52.5 million contract extension with the Brooklyn Nets and ensures he's going to be under contract for at least as long as Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving are with the Nets as well. So the Nets, between those guys, DeAndre Jordan also signed the four-year deal. They have their core in place. They aren't going to have to worry about free agency for a while. And that's, you know, I I think that was the smart move. But what did you think about the Levert extension. Well, you more or less just gave away the plot to my story on Forbes. Um, <laughs> okay. Yeah, no, that, that's exactly it. The fact that he signed, you know, a three-year deal and and this just locks in their core for so long. Like, Brooklyn now avoids all the drama that Golden State had. There's not going to be, oh, who's going to leave? Who's going to be this and that? Because theoretically, Caris, Caris Levert, I, maybe not even theoretically, in my opinion, it should be this. He should be the secondary ball handler this season. Mm-hmm. Uh, could potentially even be the second best player on the roster this year. So if he was a free agent next summer, all those questions would start up again. Yep. Like, oh, where's this guy going? He just played himself into a great contract, yada, yada, yada. And and all the drama would surround the Nets. You know, Pulling this extension off avoids all of that. And they got him at a good price, too. I understand... Yes. That you know, it's fifty-two point five million for a guy who's had significant injuries, even dating back to college. I get that, but at the same time, this is a guy who's twenty-five years old. He he came back last year after the injury, showed that he was uh, playable in the regular season. Then he turned it on in the playoffs against your Sixers. Yep. Like he averaged twenty-one a game and scored in a wide variety of ways against the Sixers in the playoffs. Um, just knowing that he did well after returning from that, you know, dislocated angle, and and him producing to that level, that has to make Sean Marks and company feel so much better about this contract. Because if he ends up being or becoming who we think he is, a, a fully fledged starter, like a French All Star, maybe even later on a fully fledged All Star, 
then that's this deal is going to look fantastic for three full years. Yeah, I mean, this deal has the potential to be what Stephen Curry's extension was when right. Because remember when he locked in, he locked in what what I think it was a four year, forty four million dollar correct. Extension. Yep, exactly. And he also was, ankle injuries. Right. Yeah, he was coming off the ankle injuries. It seemed like a nice compromise between nowhere near his max, but. You know, give him a nice chunk of guaranteed money, and then look what happened. You know, he turns into a max player almost immediately, and suddenly the Warriors have such a discount that enables them to go get a Kevin Durant. Now, the Nets don't have to worry about that because they already have Kevin Durant. (laughs) So, and, you know, knock on wood, we're not going to have another gigantic cap spike. So they may not be able to benefit from Levert's extension the same way the Warriors did with Curry. But still, just getting good players on reasonable contracts, that's the whole point of being a GM. That's, you know, this is yet again another example of Sean Marks really hitting it out of the park. Because I'm I'm with you. I think if Levert stays healthy this year, he probably gets double this on the open market next year. Yeah, that's that's the big thing, right? If he plays just 70 games and has a, a productive year, someone is going to throw him at least 100 million right yeah the the free agent class is terrible next summer (laughs) i we cannot stress that enough and we will say it all year especially now that levert's gone and draymond green is gone it's really just a bunch of guys who are past their prime so it's you know it's guys in their early to mid 30s who are going to be looking for that one last payday and then it's a couple of restricted free agents but we're talking about like Kyle Lowry, uh, Paul Millsap, Andre Drummond. If he, or I'm not even going to talk about the guys with the player options. Actually, we can revisit that. So these yeah. are just guaranteed. Marc Gasol, Serge Ibaka, Jeff Teague, Derek Favors is still young-ish, but you know it's similar idea. Danilo Gallinari, uh, Kent Bazemore, Evan Turner, Goran Dragic, like none of those guys are moving the needle for teams that want. Someone who can grow into his contract. Levert at that age can and will. So if you're looking at like a Knicks team that's signed all of these guys to two-year deals with a second-year team option or a two-year deal with like a very lightly guaranteed year two to give them the flexibility to dip back into the free agent market if they want to, Levert, I think, would have been one of their top targets. He would have been a restricted free agent, so the Nets could have matched whatever any team threw at him but he would have likely gotten significantly more money next summer just by virtue of being one of the most enticing young free agents on the market so right and sean marks knows this because he's been trolling the living hell out of everyone in the league (laughs) with restricted free agency so he knows i i mean i wouldn't even be surprised if he's very like pro extensions on his own players yes just so he can troll the hell out of everyone else Ironically, all three guys, or at three of the guys that he threw giant offer sheets at. Uh, oh, no. oh, wait, did he do it? No, he didn't do it with Evan Turner. He did it with Alan Crabb, and he did it with Tyler yeah. Johnson. He did it with Otto Porter, too. Otto Porter can be a free agent. He has a player option, though. And there are some guys with player options Gordon Hayward, DeMar DeRozan, Otto, Andre Drummond. Uh, Anthony Davis is obviously going to opt out, but he's widely assumed to be re signing with the Lakers. 
Nick Batum is not opting out. So <laughs> there are some guys who could juice this class a little bit, but otherwise it's like Hassan Whiteside is Yeah, that, probably... at most that's a carrot juice. Right. Like that's exactly. that's not you know one of those appealing freshly squeeze, squeezes OJ. That's that's the three day old or carrot juice in the back of the fridge. Like that's yeah. not interesting. No, no, no. It's the the twenty twenty one class is where yeah. it gets really interesting, and I'll have a piece on Forbes about that in the coming days. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think teams are going to largely not go wild next summer because you look at 2021 and you have unless these guys sign extensions you definitely have Giannis you have Mm -hmm. Bradley Beal you have Rudy Gobert you have Victor Oladipo then you have guys like LeBron Kawhi Paul George Drew Holiday who can all turn down player options and then the guys who I mentioned this summer you know if Gordon Hayward DeRozan Otto Porter Andre Drummond don't opt out they'll be in the free margin free market as well so there next or the 2021 class is going to be loaded and i think a lot of teams are going to save some money for that which you know next summer i think it it might have been hard for levert to find a gigantic offer sheet because so many teams are going to save their money for 2021 but again it only takes one team and he would have been really one of the best free agents on the market in terms of upside and potential gettability if you know the nets are worried about having too many guys on gigantic deals so i think i i just think it's a phenomenal job by sean marks getting this locked in when he did and yep. just as you said it's not going to be a distraction now no not at all it's this is just going to be them focusing on basketball which you know it sounds crazy but but this is actually what it's all about, Brian. We spend so much time talking about contracts and trades, but we kind of forget that this all comes down to actually playing the game of basketball. Right. And and Karis LeVert is very good at the game of basketball. So this is going to help them long term. Uh, hopefully he stays healthy. Hopefully the playoffs against uh, the Sixers where he averaged 21 a game is just a sign of what's, a, what's about to come because this guy has this rare combination of size, ball handling, Ability to get to the free throw line, three point shooting ability. Mm-hmm. Like offensively, there is. I, I. It's very difficult to me to sit here and say that a guy has unlimited potential because that you know that saying that comes with certain expectations. That when you say unlimited uh, potential, people immediately think superstar. Mm-hmm. But for him, in terms of the skill set he has and the moves that he has in 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 his own isolated package, like. He can go so far beyond what he is right now. I don't want to put a ceiling on him. Like, yeah. am I saying he's going to be the next Kobe or something? No, I'm not saying that. But this guy can be immensely good. Yeah. I mean, he, over his first 12 games last year, he averaged 20.3 points on 48.9% shooting, 4.4 rebounds, 4.0 assists, 1.4 steals, 1.63s on 34.5% shooting, only 2.3 turnovers, just a really good, well-rounded player, and is only going to get better. He just turned 25. He is just entering his prime. So, yep. assuming health, he's you know I I think the sky really is the limit for him. And I think you're right. He probably does enter next season as the Nets' second best player with Kevin Durant on the mend. You know what's funny though? When you look at his playing style, this just hit me right now. 
he's sort of like a six seven Kyrie, mm-hmm. ironically. Yeah. Like in terms of how to create his own shot. Mm-hmm. That's interesting. But yeah, and then just imagine when when Durant comes back, if Laverne at that point has established himself as you know a twenty point scorer. Right. That just that just makes it so much easier for Durant to return at his own pace and in his own way because he wouldn't be relying you you wouldn't be relying on him to score twenty five points a game right off the bat. You would just have to to look at him ease himself into the the lineup and and you know get better. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think Levert could easily cement himself as a potential number three option on a title team, which is what the Nets are hoping for at this point because. Obviously, they want Kevin Durant to get back to pre-Achilles injury Kevin Durant. So he will be one of the top two. And then Kyrie, like, I I think the pecking order for the Nets come 2020-2021 makes sense, assuming Kevin Durant is pre-injury Kevin Durant. You have KD number one, Kyrie number two, Karras number three. And I think all of those guys, like, Kyrie has proved that he could be the number two option on a title team with the Cavs Mm -hmm. in 2016. Durant has not proved that, but I don't think that's necessarily that he couldn't. I mean, you know, the the Warriors were down three one against Durant's Thunder in twenty sixteen. Like I, I, they could have very easily won that series and gone on to win a title. I, I think Kevin Durant can be the number one option on the championship team, just because he hasn't yet doesn't mean he's not capable of it, or at least right. pre injury Durant. And then. As you said, if Levert cements himself as a 20-point-per-game scorer, which I think is definitely within the realm of possibility, they still have a strong supporting cast around them as well. I mean, I really like the way this Nets team is built. I actually, at the Basketball Writers, bballwriters.com, wrote something recently on Kyrie, how I'm not, you know, I've seen a lot of skepticism about the Nets this year. And, like, most of their win totals, we did the over-unders a few weeks ago. Uh, Most of the win totals I see are right in that, like, 44, 45, 46 range. Same with, like, the all of these analytics models are pegging them for some even high 30s or mid to (laughs) low to mid 40s. And I'm just sitting here, like, are we sure that Kyrie's not going to have the best year of his career next year? Are we sure that with this supporting cast... They might all complement each other really well. Like I think we all might be sleeping on the Durantless Nets a little bit. I, yeah, I, I completely agree. That's that's atrocious. Um, I mean, you basically have to assume the worst for Levert's health, Kyrie's health, for Durant to, yeah, definitely miss the entire year for DeAndre Jordan to revert back to being you know nothing. Right. But and even then, you still have Spencer Dinwiddie. And Jared Allen lurking in the wings. Like, San and Musa as well. Like, there are so many guys on that roster. There's depth. So, pegging them as late 30s is, wow. I mean, everything has to go wrong for that to happen. Right. And I'm assuming, I would assume the analytics models are not taking team chemistry into effect. I would think maybe the Vegas odds makers are thinking like, ah, well, maybe Kyrie just like totally tanks this team's chemistry too. And then... I get it. It's easy to make those jokes based on what just happened in Boston. I I keep going back to the thought that he chose to go to Brooklyn. He's yeah. there with two of his best friends in the league and Durant and DeAndre Jordan. So if he starts to get moody, those guys can help rein him in a little bit. They have nice veteran leadership. The, the 
uh, Wilson Chandler being suspended 25 games does not help. He got a PED suspension this week. I think he actually would have been an important depth piece for them. I mean, he started like 30 games for the Sixers last year. You know, he, he became an afterthought for the Clippers a little bit, but he's still, I don't think he would have been starting for them, but he's right. a fine wing player off the bench. They also added Torian Prince, who I think, you know, in a number four or number five option role on a good team could be more effective than what he was in Atlanta this past season. Agreed. I He's going to get all the minutes from, from Chandler at least. Yeah. I mean, I, I'm, I'm high on this Nets team this year. I'm high on Levert's upside. I, you know, I've been caping for Sean Marks for three plus years now. I'm not going to change. No, no, I think we both have. And if he signs Carmelo Anthony, which apparently a lot of people want him to do, yeah, I, I'm not sure that helps him. You know what? I I almost just trust him at this point. Let's, <laughs> let's just see what happens. Yeah, sign sign Mel, sign Dwight. Like, yeah. doesn't matter. Yeah, yeah why just not? get everyone on board. Can't be worse than worse. Darren Williams. <laughs> yeah. Right. Uh, but if you want to check out that piece on Kyrie, it's at bballwriters.com. You can use the code the NBA Pod for 10% off your daily, monthly, or annual subscription there. It's a big sale at Half Price Books. Big sale at Half Price Books. What's better than discovering the best books, music, and movies at Half Price Books? Saving 20% on everything you find. That's right, it's going on now. Get 20% off your entire HPB haul, including new releases, bestsellers, your favorite classics, even collectibles. Find what you love and what you didn't even know you were looking for. And save 20% on everything at Half Price Books and HPB.com. Big sale at Half Price Books. Let's say you just bought a house. Bad news is, you're one step closer to becoming your parents. You'll proudly mow the lawn. Ask if anybody noticed you mowed the lawn. Tell people to stay off the lawn. Compare it to your neighbor's lawn. And complain about having to mow the lawn again. Good news is, it's easy to bundle home and auto through Progressive and save on your car insurance. Which, of course, will go right into the lawn. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company affiliates and other insurers. Discount not available in all states or situations. Our last piece of news, Mort, Mm. is Joe Johnson, who has been tearing up the big three all summer. He's hit a couple of the big four-point shots and a couple game winners that have been splashed all over social media. Wow, I am so impressed. He he caught the attention of some NBA teams. Mm -hmm. Uh, He, on Thursday, worked out for the 76ers, according to Mark J. Spears of The Undefeated. He is also receiving interest for potential workouts from the Clippers, the Bucks, the Nuggets, and the Pelicans. Pelicans coach Alvin Gentry and executive vice president David Griffin watched Johnson play in the Big Three League in New Orleans last week. I'm not going to mention the other guy who worked out for the Sixers on Thursday because I will punch my screen if they sign him. So <laughs> we are not trying to make the Sixers great again. We will move on from him. But do you think Joe Johnson? Oh, that's a good one. Yeah, that's, that's a that's a good one. Yeah. Thank you. Do you think Joe Johnson could help? Either the Sixers or any of the other teams mentioned this season. No. No. He's been gone from the league a full season, and he was 36 when he left. He's 38 now. Mm-hmm. Big three is not comparable. to, And he's playing against guys in their 40s, like late 40s, some of them. Like, that doesn't mean squat. He, he was bad his last year in the league. And then he takes a year off to play against much older guys, like not that, which is significantly 
worst competition. And then he's supposed to be, what, a positive contributor in, in his age 38 season? Like, if you want him on the roster, then it has to be in a sort of a mentor capacity because he's a good dude. Mm-hmm. That's, I mean, everything you hear about Joe Johnson is, like, positive in that sense. But in terms of playing? No. Why? I mean, you and I had a podcast, I want to say two or three years ago, where we brought up this whole why were teams, you know, kind of rehash old names that we've mm-hmm. seen before that doesn't work out instead of, like, going to find someone in the G League that mm-hmm. is, who is young who is explosive, who could potentially be far more than what he's already shown. That, to me, just seems like the better chance at getting someone interesting. Whereas if you go down to a well that you know, and you know what you're pulling up from it, and it's not necessarily good, like what's the upside there? That he suddenly turns into something he, he hasn't been for 10 years? Well, I mean, I, I think the discussion with Johnson is going to be similar to Howard. It's... yeah. What role is he being signed to? Like, if you are signing Joe Johnson to be a 20-plus point-per-game scorer, you are going to be disappointed. Of course, right. You know, he is not going to be prime 25-year-old Joe Johnson. Mm -hmm. The things that give me at least some amount of hope for whether he can make a positive impact, he did shoot 41.1% from three. Uh, his, His final year in the league as 27-18, he shot terribly that year. So the year prior in Utah, he played 78 games, started 14, shot 41.1% from three on mm. 3.3 attempts per game. That With was that, two full calendar years ago, though. Right. But, I mean, in general, I mean, he's a career 37.1% three-point shooter. Yeah. he like he That has not left him, I don't think. I'm not saying he's going to be a Kyle Korver, or a JJ Redick, like he he was never that good of a shooter, right? But he's also he is an above average shooter. I would say that much. Okay, yeah, agreed. He can he can create off the dribble. Not that you want him to. You're you're not like tasking your late game offense <clears throat> with ISO Joe, right? Like that 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 has died. But he can create off the dribble when needed. So but can he though? Sorry to interrupt, but can he though? It felt like the year in Utah that you referenced, you know, the 2016-2017 season, like he played a lot of power forward there. Mm-hmm. And it seemed to me that he did not get the ball in his hands as much as he used to because he really lost a step physically. Yeah. I mean, I don't again, I don't think you want him to do it, but I think he is physically capable of doing it at times. And I think the most important thing is he's going to be playing almost exclusively against backups. Like you're signing yeah, Joe that, Johnson that to, to be a 10th or an 11th man. If you're signing him to be a 6th man, there's no point. But if you're signing him to be an end-of-your-bench guy who's going to mm-hmm. make a positive impact in the locker room and who has playoff experience you can draw upon, you know, I, I think there is at least some merit to seeing what he brings to the table. I don't see any harm in working him out bringing him to training camp on a non-guaranteed deal and seeing if he can't beat out your 14th man on the roster. Like I'm for the Sixers sake in particular, I not convinced that Joe Johnson wouldn't be better for their championship upside this season or their championship aspirations than the likes of a Furkan Korkmaz who was completely unplayable in the playoffs last year. So I knew you were going to bring up Korkmaz and I just want to pivot away from that because no more Sixers talk right now. 
I, 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 I want to bring. The, yeah. You could probably do it with any of the teams. You know, I would have to go through the depth charts, and as you talk, I will. Like, I'll, I'll see if I could find one guy on each of those teams who I would rather, or I think Joe Johnson could be. Yeah, a, well, this is basically my point, actually, in, in terms of the depth chart, because. So, C.J. Wilcox signed an Exhibit 10 contract with the Pacers on July 1st, okay? Mm-hmm. We didn't dedicate 10 minutes to talking about him, and that's roughly the same wheelhouse Joe Johnson is these days. Uh-huh. My point is, we're again back at the whole name recognition, you know, not necessarily having the game of old. I, I think if Joe Johnson had played last season, and he put up the numbers that he did in 2017-2018 last year... Mm-hmm then I would have been way more inclined to agree with everything you just said. But the fact that he took an entire NBA season off at that age and then him coming back, it's not exactly something that encourages me whatsoever. He is 38 years old. I mean, when have we seen someone come back at that age, having missed a full year in between, and come back and been a, a... positive addition to a team at least on the court again i fully recognize his values off the court and as a team mentor leader locker room presence fully acknowledge that but on court presence when have we seen that fresh legs man because of the year off where he played in in the big three yeah yeah i i I could i can see the argument but you you say fresh fresh legs i say the dude has played forty four thousand career minutes in the regular season right no, that's fair. I look. I'm not saying he's definitely deserving of an NBA spot, but I don't think there's any harm in at least giving him a shot. Not, you mean in tryout? Yeah. No, no, for sure. No, I'm down with that. I'm just yeah. saying, you know, maybe don't necessarily sign him. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you can give him a, a, a tryout, and if he suddenly you know does something that that is goes against you know, conventional wisdom, then fine. But I just don't have my feeling... Uh, I, I don't have my, my hopes up for it because I, I don't think he's there. 38 years old. Uh, yeah. I would love to be wrong because I'm inching closer and closer to being, you know, mid-30s at least. So to see someone in that age bracket do something that's great, I would love that. Yeah. It, if I'm counting right, it looks like the Clippers actually have an open roster spot. So they wouldn't even... Uh, I'm basing this off of early bird rights, so I apologize in advance if it's wrong. But Jeff is very good about updating this stuff quickly, so I trust him. Um, so it looks like they wouldn't even have to waive anyone. I know Cork Mods for, for Philly is guaranteed. Trey Burke is not, so they could waive him pretty easily. I think it's only like 400000 is guaranteed until late October. Um I don't know. I mean, I I think if you have Johnson in a limited role as a late bench guy, just really as a catch-and-shoot threat, he shot over 40% from three on catch-and-shoot shots three times between 2013-14 and 2016-17, I believe. Mm. Um, And then it was like 38% 38 somewhere around there the other season. It was like... 2013-14 2013-14 was above. I think 2014-15 was the 38%. And then he was above again 2015-16 and 2016-17. And then he fell off a cliff in 2017-18. But with the Rockets, he played 23 games with them in 2017-18. They did have a positive net rating with him on the court. You know, I 
I think I look at it from a Sixers perspective, and I wrote about it at Forbes if you want to check it out there. Um, I just think, like, they they might be more equipped than some of the other teams. The Clippers actually fit in this mix, too. I just think you need you need a team that needs shooting, and you need a team that's going to have impactful defenders around him because I think that's more than the offense. Like, I think the offense is still there, but the question is, does he provide enough on offense to make up for what he's going to lose on defense? Because, yes, I think teams are going to target a 38-year-old Joe Johnson. Even yes, though, and they should. Yeah, even, I mean, like, he was, I think uh, the 2017-18 season, oh, no, just kidding. <laughs> uh, actually, this the only time he posted a positive defensive box plus minus rating was his rookie season. I'm thinking of someone else. Um, so yes, he was going to be targeted defensively, but he won't, I mean, like the Sixers are used to that because they've had JJ Redick for a couple of years and, you know, they, they managed to actually hide him pretty well this past year in the playoffs. And again, I just keep coming back to, he's not going to play starting minutes. He's, he's going to play against backups. I, it wouldn't totally shock me if he could at least hold his own defensively if that he you know if he's like got Al Horford or Joel Embiid behind him to clean up right. his mistakes or like has is being flanked by Zaire Smith and Matisse Thybul like you know those guys are defense is what's gonna get them a roster or a rotation spot this year so I I don't totally hate it for the Sixers I mean, go ahead if you're the Sixers that that's fine I would rather keep that one spot open and find someone in the G League. Yeah, I mean, I think the the thing is interesting with all these can is that like aside from the Pelicans, it's the Clippers, Bucks, Nuggets, Sixers. These are four contenders, and I think I agree with you on in principle that yes, it's a, I would rather have a high upside guy than a guy who's at the tail end of his career most of the time. But if you know your championship window is this year, I don't think that G League caliber player the guy you find in the G League is going to get a rotation spot anyway. Like, but do you think a 38-year-old would get rotation minutes in the playoffs? If a 38-year-old is getting rotation minutes in the playoffs, you're pretty screwed. He, I mean, depends on how far your rotation goes. If you're doing a Raptors thing where you're going 10 deep, possibly. Mm. Yeah, I mean, I'm still not there, especially for someone that old, because I think you're no stronger than your weakest link, yeah. especially in the playoffs. And I think Johnson would be, you know, far beyond like, the, the the weakest thing for anyone. I, I would rather have someone who can just may may not you know, like contribute as much scoring wise, like, but just be in fantastic shape and run around like a madman. Whereas Joe at thirty eight, I have to assume would be lacking behind a little bit, especially after a full season where he has to practice and has to do all these type of things. I mean, if, at an eighty two game schedule, I'm not say saying he will play like for, you know thirty five minutes a game, right? But you know, he would still have to go through an entire season of that and just kind of, you know, lurk along. And I I don't know. It just doesn't seem feasible to me. But, I mean, hey, look, Carmelo is looking for something new. Dwight just got to the Lakers. I just want a team where we put all the old guys. Right. Just I mean, the- why not? The, the Hornets still make sense <laughs> to me. Just put them all there. Get Dwight back on the Hornets. You know, get Melo on there and Joe Johnson. Like, Melo and Joe, uh, J.J., played in Jordans. So this fits, right? 
maybe the Wizards should actually do that strategy. That's how they could convince Bradley Beal to sign the extension. You're oh, like, yeah, Look. so Dwight back to... We can say this about so many teams. Dwight back to yeah, Team right. X. Yeah. But the, the Wizards could be like, Look, we signed a seven-time All-Star in Joe Johnson. And a, how, 10-time All-Star in Carmelo Anthony and 8-time All-Star in Dwight Howard. Look at how many All-Stars you're playing next to, Bradley. We really care. Oh, That's, that sounds like a guard packs thing, actually. I know. It really does. Yeah. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see if Johnson makes it to any team. But you know, I, I think it's at least worth monitoring since the Sixers have already worked him out and it sounds like a couple other teams may if he doesn't latch on with Philly. I mean, I, I'm just going to say this. So between the playoffs and the regular season, uh, he's played almost 50,000 minutes, Joe Johnson. So if he decides, oh, you know what? I'm I'm doing these workouts, but I feel tired. I kind of feel like I owe it to myself to retire. No no harm, no foul. Yeah. That's like he's earned that. 50,000 oh, sure. minutes. Jeez. Yeah. That sounds like a guy who probably needs about 1500 more before he goes out. <laughs> Probably needs a ring on his finger, too. But then why would he go to the Sixers? Okay. Okay. <laughs> check check your Bulls win total, friend. I, I, it's nothing to do with anything. They're rebuilding. Oh, you're are so you, bitter. Are you rebuilding? I don't know what they're doing. Right. By by the way, um, I, I I couldn't help myself. I was I was YouTube, uh, you know, rabbit holing YouTube, and I saw this video where Kawhi hit this shot over the Sixers, and it okay. had like eight, okay. 18 different angles. It was amazing. Yeah, that, that sounds about right. What a perfect place to wrap up. <laughs> uh, so thank you all for following. Keep an eye out Tuesday. We will have an all-time draft where we're, we're literally drafting every player in NBA history. Mort and I cobble together some 12-player teams. You can see who we picked, where, how far Kobe fell. It's a teaser to Lakers fans. Uh, but it turned out well. It was a lot of fun. We have TJ McBride from Mile House Sports on to moderate, officiate, whatever you want to call it. Uh So, yeah, that'll be out Tuesday. In the meantime, everyone, enjoy your Labor Day weekend. Please follow us on Twitter at the NBA Pod. You can find our Twitter handles in our bio, so give us a follow as well. You can also find us on iTunes and wherever else podcasts are found. On iTunes, please subscribe, download, leave some five-star reviews. We're now being hosted on Spreaker, so check them out on Twitter at Spreaker. Until next time, I'm Brian Taporic, and I was joined, as always, by Morton Jensen. Have a good one, Mort. You too, Brian. Was it three or four bounces before it went down and crushed your souls? God damn it. Uh, See, this is why I'm going to the lake house. I'm just going to get drunk all weekend. Thanks, buddy. (laughs) You too, man. Lowe's is here to help pros put more toward their bottom line with special Labor Day savings on what you need to get the job done. Like $40 off your choice of a DeWalt 12-volt max drill or 12-volt max impact driver featuring DeWalt's all-new 12-volt battery platform, now just $99. And whether updating a property or building new homes, save up to 15% off select custom windows and doors. Whatever the day, whatever the job, do it right for less. Start with Lowe's. Offers valid through 9-1, U.S. only. There's a big sale at Half Price Books. Big sale at Half Price Books. What's better than discovering the best books, music, and movies at Half Price Books? Saving 20% on everything you find. That's right. It's going on now. 
Get 20% off your entire HPB haul, including new releases, bestsellers, your favorite classics, even collectibles. Find what you love and what you didn't even know you were looking for. And save 20% on everything at Half Price Books and HPB.com. Big sale at Half Price Books. 